What you are about to hear is one from the archives, and if you are listening to this episode on the day that it drops, this is a very special one because this is the debut episode of Friends Talking Nerdy, and if you are listening to this episode on the day it drops, this so happens to be the five-year anniversary of the very first episode of Friends Talking Nerdy, so we wanted to celebrate here by giving you a little blast from the past. Five years is not that long. But it's also a long time too, and it's interesting to uh, kick back and listen to some of the some of the older episodes uh, to see just how much the show has changed. But um, wow, five years! Uh, uh, this coming Saturday on our uh, regular episode of Friends Talking Nerdy with the Reverend Tracy, um, Z and I will both uh, dive a little deeper into our thoughts on on this five year journey here. But I, I can't believe I did it in some ways. In other ways, uh, it was inevitable because whether it be people that I worked with for only one episode on this show or people that worked on multiple episodes, whether in front of the mic or behind the scenes, you know, I couldn't have done it without them. So if there's anybody listening to this out there that has been involved with Friends Talking Nerdy in any way, whether, again, it be on the mic, on the show, or behind the scenes stuff, I want to give you my heartfelt thank you for taking the time to keep this little this this dream afloat uh and for anybody that's listening out there that has been listening um off and on uh, ever since the show's debut i want to thank you as well whether it's somebody that started with us in 2017 or whether you're just joining us now um the show has taken a lot of evolutions like any podcast would and um i think you're in for a treat if you listen to us now because I think the Reverend Tracy and I are putting out probably some of the best work we've done. So thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thank everybody again that has helped the show in any way uh, to to just thank, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all so very much. So without any further ado, let's go back and listen to the very first episode of Friends Talking Nerdy. Record a podcast. Yay! Yes. All right. Fr- yeah. Morris sounds excited. <laughs> this is Friends Talking Nerdy, the inaugural podcast. My name is Tim Jalsma. I'm Sterling. Sterling what? I no, it's just Sterling. Oh. It's like Cher. He's like Madonna. There you go. And on the line we got Mora all the way from New York. Say hi, Mora. She's calling from the dangerous, wild streets of New York. She's probably fighting a streaking as we talk right now. <laughs> so. No, I'm just walking around packing. <laughs> packing? I don't need no gang. I don't need no gang. I'm she's, packing. She's oh, packing here. Packing. That's <laughs> how we roll in the Big Apple. Go. Yeah. I'm sure, Sina- right. I'm sure Sinatra did it. But... Anyway, Friends Talking Nerdy, what is this? You can get nerdy about a lot of stuff, but why not just talk about it? We live in a great time to where the average Joe, like you and me, can buy the right equipment and just talk like we know what we're talking about. Um, I'm a former staff writer for Latino Review Media. 
Sterling is a longtime comic book fan, and Maura definitely has her opinions on a lot of stuff, so we thought we would get together, have a little fun with the podcast, and just uh, see where we can go from here. So how about we go around the horn, since Maura's calling all the way from New York. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, a little background. I did work at a comic book store once upon a time, so that definitely upped my comic book collection to <laughs> bolt so many boxes. It's now in storage because I just have nowhere to put them. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and I think I've seen just about every action film out there. So. Oh, yeah. John Wick, too. That was a good one. Yeah. Still haven't seen that. You love that one. You keep referring to that. <laughs> oh my god! I just yeah that, and I wish Atomic Blonde was as good as it. Just just good actors shooting people in the face for two hours is my kind of entertainment. Yeah. John, Wick uh, you know what? Because you said it wasn't Atomic that great, Blonde. I just haven't seen it yet. I will, but because uh, you didn't rave about it, I just didn't run to the theater. Well, I, I'll say this. Charlize Theron did an amazing job in that movie. I, I just thought the ending was uh, really darn confusing. Don't ruin it. I'm not ruining. I'm just Don't saying it was it. confusing. I'm not I'm not saying specifics. You will know what I'm talking about when you read it. Sterling, did you see it? Uh, no, no. The last movie I saw in theaters, I think, was Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. The original with Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The original with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. No. Homecoming was really good. I liked that, by the way. I saw that in IMAX 3D. Yes. I loved it. Yeah. It was my favorite Spider-Man, but unfortunately it looks like uh, not other people agree. It did not do too well at the box office. Really? Yeah. I Didn't it do better than all other uh, Spider-Mans? I think domestically it didn't. I think it's one of those situations like the Terminator Genesis film to where uh, the, the worldwide gross helped, helped put it into the profitable range, but I don't think it did that well in America here. Weird. Weird. Uh, and I could see a lot of people getting confused about uh, all the other Spider-Man movies, and they're like, is this just another reboot? Well, it is another reboot, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, they... Uh, yeah, but hold on. I'm really, I have to say, as, even though it's a reboot, I'm really, really thankful they did have to go and tell the whole original story all over again about how he became Spider-Man and, you know, the whole death. Yeah, origin, of, um, origin stories yeah. just suck. Well, I mean, they glossed over it in uh, Civil War. So, I mean, like... We've known the origin story so often that it's just like, oh, hey, gloss, and then we're done. What it's but that's what I'm saying. We don't have to have another movie about it. Yeah, it was great. And it depends on the character, too. I mean, if it's a lesser-known character, like if they're making a Moon Knight TV show or movie, we need an origin. But if it's yeah. Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, we know. I mean, even if somebody who's never read a comic book and never saw a superhero movie knows what to expect when they go in. They know They know the big beats. I mean, they probably know about more about Superman than they know about Jesus. Yeah. So, Tim, you've been talking a lot right now. What about you? Where did you start off with? Like... I, I'm here, I've met you through work, mm-hmm. and... We work at I, a strip club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So I, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear where your origins started. Where, <laughs> what, what would you say would be your defining quality that led you to be quote-unquote nerdy? Well, 
horrible genes to start off with. Um, <laughs> no, I, growing up in Michigan, back in the good old days, um, you know, my, I would, you know, single parent households, go to my father's house on the weekends, we would watch the original Star Trek, and then when 87 rolled around in Star Trek The Next Generation hit, we would watch that every Saturday night. Um, from there, we, you know, was introduced to Doctor Who, and then when I was a kid, cartoons, you know, the, you know, the Super Friends, loved that show, and then Spider-Man and his amazing friends, with Bobby Drake as Iceman, Firestar, and Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. I love those. You know what's funny? I saw that originally on Boomerang. That was my like <laughs> introduction to that. <laughs> but the Super Friends, I loved it too because one of my favorite uh, actors, Ted Knight, who played the um, stuffy judge in Caddyshack, okay. was the narrator. Really? Yeah. Meanwhile, in the Legion of Doom. <laughs> I never knew that. That's oh, man, that's funny. Oh, Ted Knight was in everything. I think his first major film, he was a guard that was guarding Norman Bates at the end of Psycho. Oh, wow. He's been in a lot. And, of course, wow. what, he, what he did on uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show, there is nobody that can play dumb as realistic as he was able to do. One of my favorite actors. I mean, him and Betty White. He was true. Yeah. Ooh, Betty White, man. She she comes through in, like, so many different facets. It's amazing. And she's been around for so long, but she's able to still reach people. Like, I remember when the WWE did their stupid, you know, we're going to have a guest house every single week. Like, they had the Muppets. They had Florence Henderson. And I'm like, even I'm embarrassed to be a wrestling fan now. And then Betty White shows up, and it's just like, okay, this is pretty good. I like it. <laughs> I did not She's see a that. I, I, worked, I worked an event with her when I was working in radio promotions, and um, it was like an in-store promotion, and it was tied in with her animal uh, nonprofit organization. It was like, you know, one of those ASPCA things. And she was the sweetest thing. Oh speaking of uh, your radio thing, you gotta tell the story about how you saw the KISS reunion concert, the KISS Unplug show. <laughs> that was great. It's funny you said that. I was just actually thinking about that earlier today. I I was, I had one of their songs on my iPod and it just brought back memories. Um <laughs> I was working for a rock station and we had tickets we were giving away on air, but they had two pairs to give to people in the office and they just kind of did a raffle and I was lucky enough to win. Nice. And um, this was the unplugged, you know, when MTV actually played music and they did the unplugged version and it was Kiss and like a reunion. There were rumors going around saying Ace Freely was going to show up but nothing was verified and of course he did show up which was awesome and when they went to play the song, um, Party, um, party every day. I'm sorry, I'm, it's late at night, so like I'm kind rock of tired. Rock and anyway, roll, rock and roll all thank night. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, so it's funny. Like, so they started playing, and then like you know, Gene screwed up. Then they played again, and Ace screwed up, and like they had to keep doing so many takes, and like every time. It just kind of got really irritating because, like, there must have been, like, I don't know, 15 takes of that song, and, like, they Jeez. kept screwing up somewhere in the middle of it. 
So here you are. It's like we have to act like, oh, they're playing it for the first time. Woo-hoo. And then everybody stands up and then they screw up. Everybody sits back down, waits a minute, and then they start all over again. But it's funny how like they all took turns screwing up. I can see so, that. They're just like, I, uh, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? I forget. Well, I think Gene is probably more worried about girlfriend 12,327, but... Isn't he married? He's no. married. I don't know if he's married. Yeah. Yeah. He, he got he's married. Been married to the same yeah. lady for like to the 20 years. Yeah, but he also th- yeah. makes a big deal about, you know... Impregnating half of the Midwest. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. It's so, the poet. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get introduced to Kiss until I was thirteen, and I saw the movie Detroit Rock City. <laughs> so yeah, I got. I got you both beat. In '96, I saw the Kiss reunion concert in full makeup with the original members. Nice. Just Gene Simmons spitting up blood, and there was a great part in the middle. Um, Paul Stanley's notorious for having these horrible monologues on stage, and one of them was, "We just wanted to tell y'all we value you as fans, and you should never ever drink or drive." Now here's our song, Cold Gin, <laughs> about you know the. the yeah. That's awesome. I mean, like you become older and you become like responsible adults, and like you have kids and stuff. It, yeah. And then, and then, yeah. Here's a song about drinking. Yeah, woo, drinking. Yeah. Well, what about you, Sterling? What's the origin of your nerdiness? So, um, I, from a young age, uh, I was born in a small town in California called Hollister, uh, and then moved to Florida. And one of the big things about Florida is the uh, ever-popular hurricane. Uh, So during hurricanes, uh, my parents made a big thing about reading. So, I mean, you can read with the power out. Um, And then we got really into board games. And (laughs) and I remember, you know, my, my grandpa got me a Game Boy. That was, like, my big jump into video games with Tetris. Um, The original Game Boy that I actually have right here. (laughs) So I have my original Game Boy, I have my Tetris game, Kirby, and a game called Korth. I don't even know what that game is. It's great. (laughs) It's great. Just look it up. So a lot of of time... Wait, wait. What's the last game called? I couldn't hear. Korth. Q-U-A-R-T-H. It's okay. it's amazing. It, it's like the reverse of Tetris. Pieces are flying at you, and you have to like make them disappear. Yeah, it's good. Go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I have a feeling if I see it, I'll know it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but all of this time spent in Florida, you know, it, um, you, you have this un- unappropriated month indoors. Um, Hurricane Andrew was one of the big ones that I remember. Um, we had uh, a piece of plywood get picked up and like chop my neighbor's tree down and like knock over their house. <laughs> like it was crazy. So like you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna read my book, you know. And you find ways to just kind of escape that a little bit with like board games, books, things like that. And then you didn't do it by drinking like other. No, 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 no. (laughs) This is like, you know, ages two to 10. So like, 
Yeah. You know, the, the hardest thing that I got into was, like, watching cartoons super late, like, on Ma- uh, MTV. Yeah. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead, The Head. Oh, my God, Beavis um, and Butthead. I love that show. But the best part about being in Florida when it wasn't hurricane season is uh, all of the space launching and stuff. So when I was a kid, I got to take a field trip to uh, one of the launch centers, and we got to watch a, a space shuttle launch, which was awesome, uh-huh. and then that kind of jumped into, like, space exploration, which led to, like, Star Trek, which led to Star Wars, um, I know it's gonna sound shitty, but I, I actually saw the original Star Wars, like, redone, digitally remastered in theaters, uh-huh. when they released, re-released, the special edition? Yeah, 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 so I got to see those... I got to see Greedo shoot first. That was terrible. Um, apparently, somebody doesn't like that fact that Star Wars was remastered with the ambulance in the back. <laughs> yeah, d- 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 I told you this is what happens when you walk around in New York. Yeah. <laughs> gonna be that hey, hey, we're, we're, we're recording here. <laughs> we're recording the podcast. Hey, knock it off. <laughs> I know this guy who knows a guy who can tell you not to talk about that. Huh? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the special editions, I think, get a lot of flack. I think Lucas ha- didn't do himself any fav- favors by keeping on adding to them like he did. Yeah. I think the initial ones were good, and I think that in a lot of ways they, they f- did m- make it a lot more of an overarching story than it was originally intended to be. I mean, the one thing that ruined the digitally remastered, because, like, I saw the digitally remastered. That was fine. But then they had, like, the episodes one, two, and three, and then they put in Anakin. Like, uh, uh, what's that kid's name? Uh, Hayden Christensen? Hayden Christensen. They put in (laughs) Hayden Christensen as Anakin. The only problem I have with that is that they they should have completely done away with the other guy. The moment Luke takes Vader's masks off, and has that final conversation with him at the end of Return of the Jedi, that should have been Hayden Christensen. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's the weird thing. It's like, how do you have Hayden Christensen and not that guy? Uh, It made more sense because you're telling the viewer that it's okay to be as bad as you want until the very end and say, oops, just kidding, I'm good now. And then you come out looking yeah. a lot better than people have been good all along, like Obi-Wan and Yoda. If there's some spiritual afterlife going on here, you would think they would have made him d- disfigured. Let him be, you know, with his friends, yeah. but just have him be disfigured and, and shut. Well, and that was the other thing, too, is you saw everybody else at the end of their life. Ben Kenobi, Qui-Gon everybody and then it's like oh hey young Anakin like <laughs> okay just some yeah. and then you just have young Indiana Jones hanging out in the background too <laughs> yeah not that Shia LaBeouf he's Okay, I'm sorry. You expect way too much when they came out with the whole Jar Jar Binks and everything. So you yeah. expect that but Ghost Jar Jar Binks too. <laughs> it's, it's it's too much. No. It's yeah. I hear what you're saying. I agree, it would have been nice, but yeah, no. It's the way they just they just messed it up. They really did. I can't uh, even watch those movies again. But uh, that I mean, 
seeing those movies with my dad, like, my dad saw it in theaters, like, that that was probably one of the best things ever. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you find these old-timey theaters, and um, you get to see it with, like, someone who's important to you or a friend. And yeah, like th- those but movies that's if you like, watch the original. Yeah. That's if you watch, like, Star Wars, Empire, and Return of the Jedi. That's it. For me, that's it. It, yeah. that's it. That's, it stops right there. You don't even like The Force Awakens? Those, those, Okay, no, that that was okay. It kind of makes up for those last three, which <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even refer to them. I just can't. Yeah, I liked Rogue One. Awful. Rogue One was really good, too. The last ten minutes of Rogue One was good. Yes. I, I think yeah. the story they were trying to tell with the characters in that film went nowhere, but the, the existing characters that we already know, the scenes with Vader, with Tarkin, and Leia, Yeah. Uh, Vader at the end, slicing through it. Oh, oh wait, spoilers. Um, <laughs> at, at the end, with uh, Vader just slicing through everybody. Yeah, that, that I've wanted to see that for years. But okay, going to your spoilers. If if we paid attention in A New Hope, right? Literally, they say everybody who got us this data died getting us this data. So we knew where everybody was going. And it's not that it was a suicide mission. Take a look at Saving Private Ryan. That was a story about a suicide mission. Most of those characters died. But it was well-written. We ended up caring for them at the end. Whereas with Rogue One, at the end of that movie, when I even forgot their names, when those characters ended up dying, <laughs> it was just like, eh, bye. I mean, I, I, I could not have cared any less for characters than, you know. But no, but for that, I think that was done on purpose. I feel like they, they had to have done that, seeing how you knew within the first 10 minutes where it was going you knew like yeah okay this is this pre-story you knew these people didn't make it so you know you can kind of like you kind of got attached like to that um you're right i don't remember the names but like the martial arts guy he was awesome it he man. was my favorite character yeah eat man yeah donnie yen i believe his name yeah. is yeah he's amazing if if if, if forces <laughs> if anybody force, yeah, anybody force. listening to the show you have to watch the eat man movies especially eat man 3 with special guest mike tyson really I have not seen that one. Wow. It's on Netflix. Uh, So, K2SO. K2SO, the the giant robot, that was my favorite character. And he will always stand out because that was, like, the best. Um, There's a scene where they're on... Man, what's the planet with the the kyber crystals? Uh, They're they're on the planet where the kyber crystals come from. Uh, the, the, The kyber crystals are... Used to make their lightsabers. Was there a dragon there? <laughs> yeah. The hell was that? Oh, what, me? Yeah, that was a bus gun. Yeah. That's an angry bus, man. So. And the bus have tempers in New York. Uh, K2SO. Welcome to New York. <laughs> K2SO is talking to um, the, the people after that big shootout, and then the stormtroopers show up, and they're like, hey, where are you going? Where are you taking them? And he's like, you know, Oh, these are prisoners. I'm 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 taking them to a prisoner exchange or whatever. And uh, one of the guys opens up his mouth, and it's completely ad libbed, and you don't see it. But he smacks the, uh, what's his name the 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 dude with the brown hair. I I okay D- yeah they're not memorable. Yeah. But that that part was totally ad libbed, and you see him. He's like holding his hands over his face, and he's holding his hands over his face because he's laughing. And he can't stop laughing because there, that part wasn't expected. <laughs> and apparently he, like, 
hurt his nose really bad. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so completely ad-libbed, but added to the moment perfectly. And it, it made K2SO, in my mind, memorable. Yeah. I, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> he was funny. I loved him. And, okay, if you've seen, uh, if you've seen, um, iRobot, he played Sonny in iRobot. He played Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball. I don't actively watch Will Smith movies. Oh, you're talking about Alan... Alan uh, Tudyk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tudyk, also yeah. very famous for oh um, uh, Firefly. Really great in Firefly. Yeah. yeah, he was actually at a Wizard World that uh, we went to more back in uh, February. He is so funny. Yeah. He is yeah, absolutely we, so we funny. We saw him. He was in the tent, but we couldn't go up to him. Yeah, yeah. 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 But we did see everybody else. I mean, <laughs> thanks to Moore, I ended up shaking Nichelle that Nichols' hand. Awesome. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, now granted, Nichelle Nichols looked at me like I had the plague, but <laughs> I, I shook your well, hand. I introduced you. Yeah. And she was like, what you are shook you her hand, doing? <laughs> and the Hulk, that was cool. Which Hulk? Lou Ferrigno. Oh, oh man, he's good. so cool. Yeah. Um, and Eric Estrada. Yeah, but Eric Estrada was the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wasn't a woman. He didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> you, he talked for like 20 minutes. But <laughs> I got a hug. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah, come here, honey. because I got a hug. Damn it. Yes, I am. Yeah, he was a hugger. <laughs> um, so was the great. last time, the last time I was at a convention, I had like the best luck. I met uh, Peter Mayhew, who played oh, Chewbacca. Yeah. And he, he, like, I, the, Listeners don't know this, but I'm almost seven feet tall and six eleven, and the dude dwarfed me. It was awesome. <laughs> um, but now he can barely stand yeah, on his knees yeah, and all that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you get taller, Aww, it, Sterling, Sterling felt like a little kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we people, <laughs> tall people, stick together. I don't know if you have ever seen it or experienced it, but like tall people just make friends. Tall people make friends with each other. They're like, hey, you're tall, I'm tall, let's be best friends. <laughs> sure, people oh, got no reason, no reason to. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was the same, uh, that was the same con where I met uh, Stan Lee. So I had I had tried to meet Stan Lee three times and every time I like just missed him. And it, it was it was terrible. Oh, I got to ask him a question. Um, I'll that, make sure I remember you telling me that was a great question. Yeah, I'm going to uh, post that on the website, friendstalkingnerdy.com. But yeah, I, I had a bucket list thing. You know, I was like, yeah. I'm going to talk to that motherfucker. Yeah. Um, had to have a couple of beers to do it. Yeah. But um, at Rose City Comic Con last year, ended up uh, asking him a question, and I think I annoyed him. But yeah. that wouldn't be the first. I don't time. like literally. I watched the video. I don't think he heard you. No, he didn't. Yeah. No, because uh, the the co-host, the one he was snuggling up next to, <laughs> yeah. he had to have a hot blonde chick next to him. But uh, she would uh, anybody that asked a question, she would tell him the question. Um, I mean, he's like what ninety two, ninety three. He was uh, even 95? with five, something like that. I mean, yeah. and it's unfortunate that his wife passed away. Oh, that was, that this was year, so but. sad. 
but he could. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember watching that documentary on his life and how you know she, she like kept it all together. If it wasn't for her, there would be no Marvel universe. I mean, she's the Absolutely. one who said if you're going to, if you're going to leave Marvel, make a comic that that you're going to be proud of, and that's how he made the Fantastic Four. Yeah. So that was wow. great. That's awesome. But it was also great in, in that documentary because she would talk about all the ways she, she would spend his money. And he just sat there with a smile on his face like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only Speaking saw of, a little oh, yeah, bit of ahead. part of that. And I, um, I I caught the part where he was saying how, um, like, all the cameos he does in the movies, how he just loves doing it. Oh, man. Like, Did you see so him talking about him. Deadpool? Yeah, he uh, yeah he mentioned being upset because the women weren't actually there. <laughs> oh, he said that one was his favorite though. <laughs> in Deadpool, wait, he, wait, what? In I Dead, didn't hear you. Yeah, in Deadpool, he was um, he was the DJ at a strip club. That was the <laughs> best. Uh, again, spoilers, but like if you're yeah, I don't know. It was so funny. Oh, he uh, he's like you know next on the stage, Jasmine, <laughs> and it's just Stanley. I did like the little. I was, what, I was. Go ahead. He was like the what? No, no. Finish your sentence. No, no. You go first. I was just gonna say I was at the gym and they were playing on um, the TV Iron Man. I think it was three, and um, there was this one scene where he, um, Tony Stark, goes to the to a van because he wants to hack into the computer system. And it's at a beauty. It's part of a beauty pageant, and Stanley's one of the judges. Yeah, which is hysterical. And like yeah. you see him all excited, like holding up a number ten sign. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I did love what they did uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Two. Yeah. Um, they watcher. Th- yeah, they made him a watcher. And the interesting thing is, I really think they're laying down a foundation to introduce the Fantastic Four. That'd be great. Because The Watcher, that is a license that was held by Fox due to the Fantastic Four. The Skrulls, the Skrulls who are going to be in uh, Captain Marvel next year, again, Fantastic Four license. Yeah, Marvel Studios has that. And there's a movie coming out in 2020 that Marvel's producing that they have not given any indication what that is. I really think after uh, with Avengers 4, they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four. Because I don't see how, how in the blue, how Fox could make things better after that atrocious Josh Trank movie. Well, did you did you see after that they pulled all Fantastic Four titles? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a great way to put pressure on Fox to take back the intellectual property. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. But this is what I'm not understanding. Why they already made Fantastic Four movies. So why are they, like, recreating another one? There's so many comic books out there, so many superheroes that they can totally make, you know, do another one. Like, I was excited when they did Doctor Strange. Finally, something that you really haven't seen anything in the last, what, 20 years? At least on the main screen? Well, the license is uh, that when Marvel sold the film rights, the film rights entail that the studios in question have to make a movie of that property once every seven years. If they do not do that, then the rights revert back to Marvel. So, I mean, we still got a couple of years left, but uh, Fox, if they want to keep the Fantastic Four license, has to make a movie 
by 2022, I think, at the yeah, latest. Yeah. And they, they really need to, like, smart up and then just go with the way of Sony and, and just make a partnership with the Marvel Studio and find a way to appropriately introduce the characters, have them have a great step into the Marvel Universe. And that, it's just the best way to go about it. Once they do that, I mean, that would open the door. I mean, because I think... You know, with Doctor Strange, that opened the door to the multiverse. So that could be the rationalization opening up the floodgates for other studios, Marvel movies, to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because if there's a multiverse, there's multiple things, you know, multiple versions of the characters we know and love. And if the scrolls are going to be introduced, imagine if Avengers 4 was Secret Invasion. Ooh. That would kick ass. Yeah. Well, what about whatever happened to Aquaman? Weren't they supposed to do? There was like, oh, like I know they did an Aquaman cartoon, like movie cartoon type of thing. I remember, at, like a couple of years ago, I saw it at the New York Comic Con. That that's DC. But, like, in, I thought there was. I'm talking yes, but I'm just talking about like main characters, about like main super well-known superheroes. Where it's like that's what I'm saying. There's so many other superheroes that we can do movies at without having to see. Great! Another Fantastic Four movie. Another Spider Man. Another Superman. Gotcha. Another Batman. Yeah. Well, no, they're, they're, That's they're, what I'm saying. It's like, when have we ever seen Aquaman? When have we? Help! Bring back the Wonder Twins. <laughs> I mean, they, I they have, they have Justice League coming out. Generation. Yeah. No, they are making they are making no, an Aquaman movie. Are. I think the women of America would would riot in the streets if they didn't. Yeah. With Jason Momoa. <laughs> So after they do Justice League, they're going to do an Aquaman movie. If the Justice League doesn't tank. Yeah, that's probably good. Reportedly, the, uh, the, initial, uh, the initial run of the Justice League was termed unwatchable. Wow. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, seriously? Yeah, and <laughs> Joss Whedon, I guess, has had to do some major rewrites and some major reshoots for that movie. Makes sense. Oh, I'm just glad they got Whedon or Joss Whedon. Yeah, he um, he made he made the Avengers. He made the Avengers, and it made this excellent bar for what is amazing. What I think he's proven is that he's able to work around multiple stories and make it into a, a cohesive story to where yes. you can enjoy one singular film. But you can also enjoy the other films that tie into it as well. It, the Marvel Universe may be a little top-heavy right now, but one thing you can't say is that the stories are bad. Well, Some and, mediocre ones. Yeah. But. And, and Joss Whedon, if, if you look at his past films, he has the ability to take characters in, multiple characters in a film, and then give them times to shine. And when, when you have like an all-star cast like Avengers, you have Iron Man, Hulk... Captain America. You just have all these great, great characters who can stand alone on their own, mm-hmm. and then you put them together. Can't I can't believe you didn't mention Thor. What's wrong with you? I did, 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 did. <laughs> we see where Mora's mind is. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but me, yeah, right. I, I'll mention Black Widow, and we'll be even. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. Black Widow in the in the poster they have for uh, Infinity War. She's blonde. Yeah, I. I when has she ever been blonde in the comics? Uh, when she's in disguise. Duh. Shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's a master of disguise. Like, what? I mean, come on. 
I, Come on. She just, I, I, she's a redhead. Keep the ginger on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can wear a wig. <laughs> Wigs are allowed. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm talking to a guy who needs one. But anyway. <laughs> but, oh, I'm not touching this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to help me out? Come on. <laughs> No, you guys are on your own on that. Um. Okay, so Moira, Moira brought up that she used to work at a comic book store. I also worked at a comic book store for five years. What what got you into comics? Today? Uh, or let's say uh, this: What was everybody's first comic? So here's the thing with me: um, when I was young, I was too much of a Tomboy, so like I always wanted to go outside and play and not sit and read. And like you, nerds. Um, <laughs> it was wait, what? Like you, nerds. I didn't hear you. Yeah, yeah. And um, my parents, like they started buying me comic books, um, but they were trying to get me to like read out like stuff for school. And the teacher basically encouraged my parents to say, well, if this is the only thing she's reading, fine, buy her as many comic books as she wants because if it gets her to read, if we need to improve her reading skills. Yeah. So that's what they did. So I started with Archie Comics, Tintin, and Asterix <laughs> and Obelix. Dude, Tintin is legit. Tintin is legit. Um, I love Tintin. And yeah. I was heartbroken when they did, they butchered the movie. So no, they did sorry. not. That movie was amazing. <laughs> that movie was great. No. They butchered it. Excuse me. Okay, fine. You want to go into this? Let's go into this. They took a character. They gave them a villain that was created from nowhere. It's like the, that character was like a small cameo in one of the books. Okay? Yeah. There was no reason. He has enough villains. There's like, there's, there's what? Rastopolis. He is like this evil villain character that's been in numerous Tintin books. But yet, no. Do they bring him in? No. They created a, this other little guy who was just really a shit collector in the book, and that was it. So explain to me why they did that. They didn't need to do that. I hate when they do that. Stick with the damn story. <laughs> you know? I, I loved Tintin right, as, as an introduction on. to the character because they took, uh, they took two or three stories and made it a fluid exactly. movie. Because, I mean, you're, you're taking these stories that were in, like, Sunday newspapers. You know what I mean? So you're taking these stories, and it. then you're turning them into an almost two-hour film. But that's, no, first of all, that's granted with the newspapers, yes, but they were actual books. So they could have taken a book from start to end and stuck with one. That's fine. If they want to mesh it, mesh it. But stick with, like, why create a villain out of nowhere that never been in the book? They, cre- they like that's what I'm saying. They took a character that was just seriously. He was like on what two pages? Red that Red Rackham. Yeah, he yeah. Was, you have all these other characters and stuff like that. Yeah. They're like I, I'm glad, like you know, they had some of the other characters show up, which was cool. Yeah. But you know. Still, like, they really didn't need to create somebody new like that. And that's what I've always hated whenever, if I grew up reading a comic book, because after that, I started reading, so like after Tintin, I was reading Modesty Blaze, I was reading um, Batman, and then Dark Knight came out, and that's what I really got into. Like, I was really more of a DC girl than a Marvel. But 
like even when the movies, you know, like Spawn. Spawn when Spawn came out, that was Spawn. my thing. I was working at the comic book store at that time, so I had, you know, every time it came out, that was like I was in the first one to get the issue. And then when it came out with the movie, it's like it's heartbreaking because it's like you read the book, you know, you read yeah. the part, you read the comic books, and then it's like the movie falls short. Or you didn't like John Lake with Zamo? <laughs> yeah. The uh, what was it? The uh, the HBO special too. That was. Oh, the, it was a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. The cartoon, yeah. but yeah. that actually Todd McFarlane is uh, remaking that movie. He's in the works to make a rated R Spawn film. You would think we would have gotten. Wow. Him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been a huge Spawn fan myself. Yeah, um, I did see the original have movie. You, sorry, have you guys seen? I posted a video on um, on YouTube where I met Todd McFarlane. Yeah, I remember you showing where, me that. <laughs> <laughs> but who's so bragging, right? The same thing. So, yeah. So what it was. Hold on. One second. Somebody's passing by. <laughs> okay. So just so you know what that was, if you heard the music, there was a guy riding on a bike with a sign with a swastika, um, but like, you know, an anti-swastika, and it says fuck Nazis on it. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Just so you know that what that was. Oh, and he, and he was blasting that, that, um, that, uh, that song, if you heard it. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, Tom McFarland, so when Spawn came out and he started getting big, he was kind of known in the community, and I don't know how true this is, but from the rumor mill, he was something of an asshole. <laughs> Never met him. I don't know, but that's what I heard. Then, um, a few years ago, when I was at New York Comic Con, he was there, and my friend and I see that there's a short line to go meet him, so we're like, hell yeah, let's get online. So we got online, and... Like we're almost close up to go talk to him, and that's when one of the one of the crew came up to us and saying, "Hey, you know, he's going to have to take his break. I'm sorry, we're ending the line here." So, so they were like, "Look, come back in an hour, and we'll get you back online." So we're like, "All right, fine." So we started walking around, and like we just kind of like circled, and like ten minutes later, we came back, and we see that he's still there. So we're like, "Great!" So we got back online. And then they tried to pull the same thing again, saying, well, he's taking off. And I'm like, look, you just told us that, but he's still here. Please, like, I really just want to say hello. I'm, you know, I, I talked to them. I was schmoozing with them, and they were like, okay, you know what? Fine, we'll let you go. So I was like, awesome. So I got to, so I met him, and I explained to him I wanted a video. If he doesn't mind, just saying happy birthday to my friend, and I'm happy. Congratulations, because my friend just got married, and this is my friend who actually introduced me to Spawn. Nice. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to do that. Next thing I know, so you know, one of his assistants takes my phone, starts recording, and he starts going into this whole thing, like this, like five-minute thing about you know how he's sorry that my friend is not there and it's like happy birthday and it's like you've got to come back next year because right now it's boring because you're not here <laughs> and I was not expecting this I'm standing right next to him laughing like an idiot because I'm like what the hell is he doing <laughs> I was not expecting that at all it was like the best thing ever so and I had to post it on YouTube because the video was too long 
and I told my friend, okay, go check it out. That's your birthday present. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I uh, I picked up his yeah. book, yeah. Haunt. I, I, have you ever heard of it? No? No. Uh, it, it, What's I it think called? It, Haunt. It was like his little like pet project after Spawn, and I think it had like a twenty-one issue run, and uh, it's about this guy, and it's it's really weird. He has a suit like Spawn, but he like throws it up, and, and it like becomes yeah. It's it's really weird. It didn't catch on. Very it's like an well. anorexic Flash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he has like these weird like demon powers, and he's like running around and all this stuff, but. Uh, I picked him up, and he, he's uh, the ones that... I, I found him at a Goodwill, right? <laughs> and they're autographed. Oh. Yeah. Wow. If you want to find good comics, just kind of randomly hit up a Goodwill. Oh, I'll tell you, the best find I ever ha- I ever found was... It was for $1. It was at a second-hand store. It was issue two of the Infinity Gauntlet. Nice. I have I have the collection over there. Yeah. Yeah. I... I, I I don't know if you've paid attention to this wall in here of like I you know I've got uh, Ultimate Spider-Man prints I've got Amazing Spider-Man prints uh, I have Dan Slott's like drawing an autograph right there with uh, Humberto Ramos yeah and uh, I have there okay so that was when I met Stan uh, the uh, Amazing Spider-Man that's the first appearance of the black suit yep and it's autographed by Stan oh my goodness so I I was having a, a panic attack. I, I don't do well at cons. I, I like being at cons, but I don't like being at cons. Um, I don't like being around that many people. I don't do well with it, and people don't bathe. And Then why do you work at the fruit stand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, in, in, when I'm at conventions, I have a very hard time, so I look for spaces like that are open, that have nobody in them. It's like, ew, don't touch it, me, It's ew. not even the touching, it's just the, that many people, and like, Nobody gives a shit about your personal I get space. It. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I'm I get like, it. you know, I'm sitting behind this curtain uh, where you know they square off the the show floor, and I I realize that they run famous people through these like areas where they like wall off uh, mm-hmm. the con. So I'm having this little panic attack, and like Stan is with there with like five people, and he sees me just kind of like freaking out, and he's like, "You doing okay there, bud?" And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Stan, no, I'm just having a small panic attack. <laughs> and it was the funniest thing. And he's all like, well, you know, like, it's crazy bumping into you because I've tried to meet you like five times. And he's like, do you have anything you want to sign? And I was like, that, that. <laughs> I have my amazing Spider-Man first appearance of, like, the black suit. And he's like, oh, yeah, here. And he, like, writes on it. It's It's kind of sloppy but it, I was so yeah. amazed and it's a great little story to have speaking of stories you met Brian Bendis Brian Michael Bendis yes he came into the store the other day it was so much fun um, because he's just chilling there and he's you know oh hey I'm here to pick up my uh, my thing and I'm like oh okay let, let me uh, did you did you fall over and die did you throw the one ring into the pits of Mordor? Mora. Did you die? What? Did you die? No. Okay. What? That should have sounded good. Oh, the sound? There oh, is yeah. no Mora. Only Zool. Yeah. But uh, Brian Michael Bendis came into our store, and he was, like, returning some product and picking up a repair. 
and um, I I met him, and um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the artist, but he did that. Um, oh yeah, um, we yeah we went to the yeah event. the yeah. yeah Dave Marquez Dave Marquez so. Um, he recognized me from the Dave Marquez uh, <laughs> signing. And he was like, oh, yeah, I gave you the Iron Man book. And I was like, yeah, you totally did. That was awesome. Um, but he had been into our store like five or six times since I started working there, and that was the first time I ever met him. Yeah. Um, but we were sitting there talking about the new Thor Ragnarok movie coming out, and um, we were just shooting this shit, and uh, we were talking about like artists that we like, and then he brought up uh, Jack Kirby. Oh. So he brought up Jack Kirby because I don't I don't know what happened, but they get like their books for the the month or whatever. And his uh, his books went to Jack Kirby's daughter, and Jack Kirby's daughter's books went to him. <laughs> and uh, he's he's sitting there, and he brought up Jack Kirby, and I was like, dude, I don't know if you've seen the art on set for Ragnarok, but it's all a bunch of Kirby stuff. And he's like, yeah. Uh, they were they were like talking to me like how to fit it in and I was like what well that's the coolest thing ever <laughs> it, oh man he's he's awesome he is like the nicest guy if if you catch him at like a perfect time like you don't want to be like oh my god Brian Brian help me well it's not yeah. it's about not being an asshole I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah yeah I mean it, I I met him once myself and uh, for people that know me yes I did talk to him <laughs> I did get the courage to do that um, but it's just treating people the way you'd want to be treated you know you don't go up and you know throw some paper in somebody's face and sign this for me please yeah, yeah. you know you just gotta tr- yeah you gotta be nice if you're if you're unaware of who Brian Michael Bendis is if you've read a Marvel comic in the last twenty years <laughs> then turn off this podcast download the marvel unlimited app and read ultimate spider-man that is your homework yeah uh there's a there's a box over there uh with the complete collection of the ultimate spider-man history yeah but uh yeah he helped create ultimate spider-man um he pushed a lot of continuity between books and he helped revitalize marvel comics in like the 2000s when they needed it yeah that was the post-bankruptcy where you know marvel was not in a place to where they could have necessarily uh necessarily survived but they got lucky yeah yeah i just wish they would take some of that continuity mindset and kind of apply it to towards their current stories (laughs) um one of the funniest things in the ultimate spider-man series run it was uh i think it was like 20 issues in But there was a run of three books where Peter Parker and Wolverine switch bodies. Yeah. And um, the the first issue of that run, it was like three three books. It's it's a cartoon of Brian, and he's like, "Listen, I didn't like this idea. I don't like how it rolled, (laughs) but they're making us do it, so we're just doing it." And Stan uh, used to do that back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great because they actually turned it into an episode in the Ultimate Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love that show. Marvel has Marvel has this bad habit of making good cartoons, but then cutting it off after one or two seasons. 
like the Avengers, Avengers oh. Mightiest Heroes that was, was the so best good. cartoon ever made. They did excellent storylines. Secret Invasion, the formation of the team. Galactus. Yes. Showing up at the very end with everybody there. That kicked ass. And then we got the silly Avengers Assemble show, which was just absolute garbage. That was terrible. That was it. And I understand what they were doing with it. They made it more uh, appealing to younger audiences. And when you have a lot of continuity on shows, it's a lot harder for kids to get into it. Because Fuck the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. You're watching a TV show on a kid's channel. You can't be mad about them making it more for the kids. At the very least, they were able to complete two complete seasons. They weren't canceled halfway through. They completed all their story arcs. And I think yeah. they accomplished something in that... In those two seasons for they, that cartoon. They accomplished great story writing. Yeah. Uh, the introduction of Ant-Man and Wasp and then uh, Yellow Jacket, that was a great play. And when Edgar Wright was uh, writing and supposed to direct Ant-Man, he actually used that episode from that cartoon as the inspiration for what how he loved was it. going to take the movie. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And then Will Ferrell, his best buddy, had to take over that movie. Will Ferrell? <laughs> Um, and Adam McKay, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I was like, I don't understand. I, I know what you're saying now. Okay. Yeah. I, I just hate Will Ferrell. Hi. Hope he gets run over by a bus. Oh, but I anyway. know you love him. Yeah. Oh, my God. You got a poster right above your bed. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, yeah. It, a whole shrine. It's like a Mel Gibson in Conspiracy Theory with pictures of Julia Roberts in his room. Yeah, it's just all Will Ferrell. Yeah. Uh, do you have a count on the yep. time? I, I wonder how long we're going. It is 6.29. We've been going for 52 minutes, so I okay. think, yeah. I think we're at a good spot. we got enough material. Yeah, and I, I have to get going. So it's hard to hear you guys just saying, I'm sorry. It's like I was really hoping to be, like, at home. No, yeah. No, it's fine. I understand, like, it, it's not exactly the most um, reliable, you know, like being across the country. Yeah, with, with time frames and stuff. Yeah, so thanks, Maura. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. Well, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no happy problem. to have you. You are welcome on any time. Yeah, I I loved hearing your aged history of comics. <laughs> thanks. thanks a lot. I was there when Spawn was launched. <laughs> Whoa! Gotta get back to the old folks' home. <laughs> I think if she were here, no, she you're would. Lucky I'm not there. I know I exactly. You just punched me in the throat. She, she trained no, to be a boxer. I wouldn't fuck no, with her. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Mora strikes me as the type of person that would get a plane ticket just to move here to beat your ass and then move back. You know? <laughs> yeah. So if it, if this if money, this makes totally you would. feel anything, when I was ten, I watched the inaugural episode of Voyager. <laughs> so like when Voyager like first started. That was like one of my like first runs of Star Trek. Six, so that made I was twenty. I was worried about getting drunk at that time. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was I was I was born in eighty nine. If that makes you guys feel any better, yeah. Oh my god! Doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. She'll be going home drinking tonight. But then, anyway. <laughs> son of a bitch. No, because no, the thing is, I know at least I got started on Star Trek with. Uh, William Shatner, which is like, I to me, feel the best. Because yeah. by the time Voyager came on, I was just like, eh. 
Yeah. I, I didn't get through the first season of Voyager. I just what? I didn't care for it. Voyager was one of my favorites yeah. because it like was the first female captain who like kicked ass. It felt forced though. Well, she, she was a Shakespearean actress. So was Patrick Stewart, but I and he was her. awesome. I just didn't care for her. Yeah, a lot of people didn't care for her, but I thought she had a command of the ship. Like, she had an excellent command, very similar to uh, Patrick Stewart. I, I think he wants to be her number two. <laughs> More yeah, like her number uh, one. <laughs> hey, now. Hey. Did, you, hey. did, you guys, did, you guys, did you guys see the commercial for Seth MacFarlane's... Uh, the, the Orville? Orville, like, yeah. That, that looks called. great. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I oh, awesome. I'm beginning to like it more and more just because he's gets, he gets what a Star Trek type of show should be. It should be positive. It should make you feel good. And I'm hearing a lot of bad. I hope it's good. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of bad stuff about Star Trek Discovery though. Yeah, same. I I'm excited for both. Uh, Seth has a great comedic timing. So like y- y- you know they're they're showing clips of the show and like it, it, I'm not dumb stupid baby. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> he has an amazing singing voice, and I don't know if you've ever seen him do like the uh, the uh, the cocktail nights. Well, he trained with um, the singers yeah. that helped uh, helped Frank Sinatra. Yeah, yeah. So he has this like really really great classic uh, tune where he learned a lot of just great great songs and and it's great to see him take stuff like that into uh, Family Guy, American Dad uh, The Cleveland Show it didn't get to shine that often they had him there eh, to save everybody's ear uh, well we'll probably turn this into a two parter anyway okay so <laughs> Star Wars and then right, like episode two yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take it easy have okay. fun don't do drugs. Thanks, Get home safe. <laughs> Eat some gefilte no fish. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.